Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chris. That's Jan. And welcome to CPTV, the nonstop pop show. Today, we are heading to Pop 101 class and learning about British girl group royalty, the Sugar Babes. So, Chris, do you like the Sugar Babes? Yes, I am a big fan of the Sugar Babes. Um, they were really at the forefront of the British pop music scene when I was growing up. They were the cool girl group alternative to like Atomic Kitten and, and Steps and kind of that whole very bubblegum, more bubblegum, happy pop. Um, and I remember the drama of the lineup changes very well. Like that oh, was really? just, yeah. But it was really the harmonies that drew me to them. You know, I love a good girl group harmony and they are the top or at least very close to the top, if not the top. Um, and Too Lost in You is my absolute favorite song. That's still one of my favorite girl group ballads of all time. Wow, ballad. You haven't named one on the show in a while. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, they're growing on me with each listen. Um, I think a lot of people don't know. Uh, Chris and I are actually friends in real life. Um, we didn't just meet online. Not joking. Um, but no, the last time Chris and I saw each other actually was before the the pandemic had started and um you showed me a bunch of uk pop but amongst all of the groups that you showed me they were the most chillaxed so i wasn't exactly like absorbing as much as possible but i was listening to the harmonies and that's kind of what kept my attention um i love the coolness of this group like seriously there's something about them that's just very like you know senior girls in the bathroom you walk in and they're just like mm, hey kid you know like something about them is just so cool um but I have to say, I do not know much of their songs. I'm still learning. Um, but the first song I ever heard by them was Get Sexy. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for you. <laughs> Listen, my 12-year-old self thought it was like kind of hot because, you know, I wasn't, was I 12? Okay, 13, 14-year-old self. Um, yeah. I saw it because a girl group member from a K-pop group that I really liked was dancing to it. And she was killing it i was like yes shut up watch me work uh but yeah i've now come to find out that that is not exactly their strongest piece of work <laughs> no <laughs> but this is what this 101 is going to be about it's going to be about educating and uh re rehashing the past a little bit and seeing what's up with them now and comparing what they did in the past yeah, so we've created playlists for you guys to follow along if you want to listen to the full tracks or watch the music videos. And so here we go. Class is in session. The Sugar Babes are a British girl group formed in 1998 by All Saints manager Ron Tom. At 13 years old, members Siobhan and Mutya were in the same industry circle and were recording in the same studio. And Mutya invited her best friend Keisha to hang out with her in the studio and Ron saw her and immediately saw the potential in them as a trio. He saw that they were all of different race, come from different backgrounds, and he likened them to the United Colors of Benetton campaign. Um, and vocally also, he thought that their blend was undeniable. Um, Mutya has a low smoky tone, Siobhan is more light and piercing, and Keisha has a thicker angelic tone. So they started recording and were very quickly signed to London Records. Comes, I don't know its 
Yeah, so their first single actually was Overload. Um, and this single was nominated for um, the Best Single Award at the Brit Awards in 2000. Um, this song is great for a debut. It was nonchalant with the deliveries and the vocals were so smooth. Um, it achieved critical acclaim. And I agree. I think it was something really special for some girls to be that young and mm-hmm. come across so mature. I really did really did like this um, song myself. Um, the group's debut album, One Touch, was almost entirely co-written by them, which is amazing. And it was praised for their maturity and reflective lyrics about the experiences of female teenagers. Uh, the Sugar Babes gained popularity and became known for their tougher image. They didn't really smile much, and all of their songs were actually a bit more moody than the average girl group. Mm-hmm. So I liked that part about them. I think um, even what you said about them looking <laughs> like United Colors, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love their look. Like when you first showed me, I thought, wow, they have a, a white girl and an Asian girl and a, and a black girl, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, Mutia is biracial, but it's just, it's nice to kind of see that aesthetic in a group. Um, I uh, thought that their whole look was interesting compared to the other groups you showed me, like Atomic Kitten and like Steps and Girls Aloud, because everything is about the glitz and the glamour and the dresses and the sex appeal, but they weren't old enough to be sexy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's interesting how they mix that cool factor. And that's what, now looking back, I I, I was listening to the, this album. I was like, wow, this is perfectly, like, it's great. <laughs> what amazing album. Yeah. I, I've grown to appreciate it way more now mm-hmm. that I'm older. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of amazing really listening to the lyrics. Right. And, and how mature it all was. Yeah. I cannot, I can't imagine myself as a 14-year-old Right. writing anything you know like do, being this sophisticated mm-hmm. but yeah overload such a cool track and it's aged so well yeah so yes. um but yeah the rest of the album honestly the whole album is absolutely amazing yes it's um, strong so, it's strong yeah so the other singles that they released from the album are new year run for cover and soul sounds mm. so what do you think of those songs and about the album uh well i feel like there were some other songs like um one foot in mm-hmm. oh yeah right off the bat i heard it and i was like oh this should have been a single <laughs> should have been a single even the titular track um mm-hmm. one, touch. one touch i like that and that was enough like it wasn't like oh baby touch me it was just something really sweet it was age appropriate and even now as i'm listening to it i could appreciate it so i feel like those two songs could have definitely been singles um i can't say that i was in love with soul sound for it to be it's la- the last single off this album wasn't the best choice in my opinion i completely agree i so many tracks on this album are so good same old story real thing lush life like they're oh, all yes. so cool the harmonies are all really effortless like mm-hmm. it's insane how great the blend is yes um it's funny because I think all three of them sound quite similar in a way, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of changes as they've gotten older. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's really interesting kind of listening back now that I know what they sound like right. and hearing them as children, essentially. Um, right. But yes, I agree. Soul Sound was not the best choice. Mm-hmm. Um And honestly, the general public agreed. Um, Despite all the critical success for the group and the album, the sales weren't really there. And the Sugar Babes were dropped from London Records in 2001. Mm. And not only that, but Siobhan decided to leave the group due to infighting 
And she was actually later on diagnosed with depression as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, but that brings us on to Sugar Babes 2.0. Though they had no record label and were down a member, the Sugar Babes team found a new member and did a fake audition with Mutia and Keisha to make them feel like they kind of played a part. Um, <laughs> and they found Heidi who had a higher and warm voice that sat really well with the other two girls. And then they quickly began to work on the next album. Then they were signed to Island Records and were ready to release a new album. Yeah, so the first single from the second album was a mashup produced by Richard X, and it was Freak Like Me by Adina Howard and Our Friends Electric by Gary Newman and Tubeway Army. Mm-hmm. And this track hit number one in the UK and did well all over the world, except for the US, of course. Um, and <laughs> the album, Angels with Dirty Faces, also did extremely well commercially and saw the girls experiment a bit more with the more dancey mm-hmm. R&B pop sound while still emphasizing the signature three-part harmonies. And... Yeah, I remember this comeback well. This is when I really noticed who the Sugar Babes were. Right. Um, it was just such a huge story first off that they got a new member. Mm-hmm. And I think people were really on board for this slightly more commercial sound. Right. Um, they, they kept their effortless, cool kind of look, mm-hmm. but it was a little more radio friendly. Right. And I think Heidi's voice slotted in well with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, this you can tell their confidence as singers, as songwriters was just getting a little more as they were getting older as well yeah Yeah, I I agree with you um thinking about how the first album sounded to this one I mean of course there's been a substantial change in their age but also Mm -hmm. with the sound I think um Siobhan kind of just added this kind of um whimsical kind of sound something about her voice was just very uh like you said piercing um and Heidi she did sit in a really nice place and um I think at that point in time the their sound got a little bit more sleek even their look you know um Mm -hmm. I really did like this song when you showed me I was like I know this song you know because obviously Adina Howard's version was very popular here in the U.S. and that's Mm -hmm. probably kind of why people weren't really checking for them honestly like we already had Adina Howard's kind of like people are very loyal to like the originals out here you know so yeah well I also I don't think it was even released over here you know yeah because at the time it was Mm -hmm. still very territory based and you had they probably didn't even have a deal here at that point you know lame sauce but you know yeah that's the way it is but yeah you know um even even though when I look up this song I don't think oh let me look up covers I think I want to hear the the Tina Howard version you know what I'm saying um but this one was really cool I think when you showed it to me in juxtaposition to like their debut um I liked it um a lot and I love I loved how just uh almost like rockish it kind of sounded like something about it was just so effortlessly sexy without being like oh yeah it's sexy Mm -hmm. you know so I really did like it um and I also like uh, the next single that they released, Round Round. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So this one was actually done with Xanomania, mm-hmm. who later on would become Girls Aloud's main production team. Mm-hmm. And again, this is such a cool one. I love how each girl has a completely different verse. Right. Um, and that ended up kind of becoming a theme in, in some later singles as well. Mm-hmm. 
And this this song also has a Cantonese cover, which is You're really interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't sound great, but good for them. Get those royalties. I hear that. I hear that come through. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the other singles released from this album were "Stronger," "Angels," "Angels with Dirty Faces," and "Shape." Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and "Angels with Dirty Faces." Faces. Angel Dirt Freshers. Uh this song was actually a Powerpuff Girls like soundtrack song. So that's really yes. impressive. You know, it's exciting. And yet still people were not paying attention to them out here. Of course. Well, I think <laughs> I need to look this up actually, but I'm pretty sure it was the theme song everywhere except for the US. Again, I think that was a thing. Oh, spin jumping the ball, <laughs> I see. <laughs> Cause we were over here with Go Monkey Go by Devo. But luckily, the girls finally would touch U.S. charts because they would then release Hole in the Head. And um, it was an upward trajectory from here. And the girls were reaching their late teens and their confidence grew. And you could totally see that. They just looked hot and fresh. And um, Hole in the Head was just, ah. it just gave me everything that I would want in a girl group, especially with my personal style, like the whole tomboy becoming sexy thing, you mm-hmm. know, because everything's all glitz and glamour and Barbie. They were brat dolls. Like, yes, I loved it. Like they're spunky and full of moxie. I mean, what do you think about this single? I love this single. This yeah. is still one of my absolute favorite Sugar Babe songs mm-hmm. I, and the album as well. The mm-hmm. album three this is my personal favorite album of the Sugar Babes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, of course, it's the one album that's not on digital services here in the US. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't play it on my Alexa. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Home the Head is so good. Too Lost in You, I have to shout oh. out again. Mm-hmm. It was written by Linda Perry and Diane Warren, right. who are both legendary songwriters. And just the three-part harmony throughout that mm-hmm. entire chorus is yes. just amazing. They're sweetener vocals. I meant to tell you, I love it. The oohs and the, oh my gosh, I love it. When they sustain notes and you can hear all of their voices, but they're mm-hmm. still blended so well, clean, absolutely clean. Like so good. Major inspo for sure. <laughs> yes. So along with Two Lost and You, they also released In the Middle and Caught in a Moment as mm. singles as well. Right. But... Even with all the success, it seems that the uh, Sugar Babes were constantly featured in the tabloids and there was rumors rumors of infighting and bullying and all these kinds of things, which um, Keisha actually mentioned in a YouTube video. Um, I've watched it and I can mm-hmm. understand as being like a black female being considered the aggressive one. But again, between tabloids and being that age, you know, people are rumors are going to stir up and it's just unfortunately fortunate that she felt like she was um being kind of targeted as the mm-hmm. main source of it um and it seemed like i want to i don't want to call it bad luck but it just seems that uh life would not keep all the girls together um yeah i think it's hard you know especially mm-hmm. with a young group of people any yeah. young group of people you're gonna have arguments you're gonna right. have disagreements but right. of course you're in the they're in the public eye yeah so it's going to be blown up you know into a larger thing um also i think that due to this cool image that they had where they don't really smile much you know all their videos they're like breaking something or like hurting someone smizing (laughs) in the corner somewhere you know like yeah i don't think that image helped i think it made them kind of easy targets unfortunately yes yeah and then the whole racism kind of thing falls into it too where mutia and and 
you know, Mutya and Keisha going against the blonde white girl, you know, like right. it's, it's kind of all of that combined, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that Keisha has since come out and talked about it. Right. And, um, and yeah, hopefully people are more cognizant of that now. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I'm glad that they were, you know, able to kind of at least release music during this time um, because uh, Push the Button came out after a brief mm-hmm. hiatus because Mutia gave birth to her daughter. And their first, fourth album, Taller in More Ways, um, was largely, largely written by Keisha and Heidi. So um, Push the Button remains one of their signature songs. It was even featured in the 2012 Olympics in London. So yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the track? I love this track. I think it's so much fun. I think it's so much fun. Keisha has since, she mentioned it in another YouTube video where she was talking about how she wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the chorus is so catchy. The confidence that runs through it yeah. is, is perfect, you know. The um, elevator. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and again, I think you can just tell that they're all very comfortable at mm-hmm. this point with right. their sound and the blend is really there. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell maybe that Mutia didn't take part in the writing for the album as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, I think it was a really good, consistent step. Right, I hear you. Um, unfortunately, um, the last single that they would release with Mutia was Ugly. Um, she announced that she was going to be leaving the Sugar Babes and later it was revealed that she was suffering from postpartum depression. So, Mm -hmm. and also she wanted to spend more time with her child, which is natural. You know, she's a mother and that's what happens. You want to spend time with your family and uh, quickly thereafter, she was replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Mutia is, her voice is one of, it's so unique. Yes, I agree. And she was also just a unique everything she was mm-hmm. you know interesting to look at on stage yeah she always had like a cool style to yes. her um yeah. and she was just such a signature part of the sugar babes I agree yeah mm-hmm. I can't imagine the task of trying to replace her <laughs> right and I think that is what when you like I said when you were taking me through our little 101 um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I kept looking at her like what's her name again what's her name what's that one like her style is very cool and even her sound even you if you take out the aesthetic her sound there's going to be something missing. That rasp that is now so popular is going to be missing. And it and it was because with the replacement, I can't say that that, that hole was filled properly. So um, management was quick to find Amel, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, she recorded, re-recorded a few of the tracks and then they re-released Taller in More Ways. So Red Dress was the first single released with Amel's vocals. And ironically, Mutia later revealed that she actually hated the song and was really glad that they waited for her to leave before (laughs) they released it. Um, But yeah, so Amel, she has an interesting voice. Um, She does enunciate a bit differently from the other girls, which Mm -hmm. really threw me off in the beginning when I first heard her sing Mutia's parts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also... Obviously, Mutia, again, like you were saying, has a very unique tone, mm-hmm. and she can also reach very low notes that I think yeah. a lot of women can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just hard to replace. And yeah. I think Amel, she she's able to do most of the low harmonies, 
but it's missing um, but that there's no depth there's not yeah. yeah there's not as much of a the thickness and, and the huskiness that's mm-hmm. in Mutia's voice is not there yeah it's, it's not as full it's, yeah at all yeah and red dress what do you think of red dress ah okay so I didn't really like the song it's okay I mean yeah com- comparatively to their older tracks it doesn't even touch anything you know mm-hmm. like I wouldn't pick this out in a lineup like okay can't yeah. even identify it really um I mean I guess it was something to kind of introduce a new look because Amel does have a look she looks like a model mm-hmm. she can sing maybe she didn't, may not have the same tone that we're used to but she could sing and she has a look and I think they were probably trying to I guess follow that aesthetic but yeah, definitely more commercial. Yes. Um, yeah, so the final single that they released from Taller in More Ways was Follow Me Home, mm-hmm. which ironically is also one of the songs that Mutia did co-write on Taller in More Ways uh-huh. and wrote for her daughter. And of course, that's the one that they chose to release as the final single and have Amel lead the whole thing. Awkward. Crazy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the end of that era. <laughs> they were quick to move on to a greatest hits album. So they took the opportunity to close that chapter of their life with Mutia and begin a new fresh start for the band with Amel. Easy was actually the first new single featuring Amel. So it was also co-written by her, which is nice, and the other members as well. And Mm -hmm. with Mutia gone, the group seemed to have taken on this whole pop girl image, more sexy, more dresses, more everything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, this was the true start for Sugar Babes mm-hmm. 3.0. Um, you know, Amel is, is very different, just yeah. like we said, her whole vibe. Yeah. So, and yeah, this video is very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was joking about the whole, like, them being senior girls in the bathroom. Like, before this 101, I had never seen the video, honestly. And now after watching it, it seems that... I have some kind of foresight because they were in the bathroom, the toilets just writhing about. Mm -hmm. Um, The lyrics were risque, you know, the they're cheeky. I don't mind a little bit of cheekiness, Um, Mm -hmm. but like I said, it's a complete departure from anything I've from them, you know, and, but Mm -hmm. I will say the highlights for me in this song are the chords at the end of the chorus. So Mm. that's nice. Yeah. Good job production. (laughs) You know. <laughs> yeah. So the to close off this greatest hits era, they did a charity single with Girls Aloud, which was a cover of Walk This Way. It was not the best collaboration, no. but as a fan of both of them, it was fun to see them perform together. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they were ready to move on, mm-hmm. finally start, you know, a brand new album with Amel. Mm-hmm. And the first single from the fifth album change was a light electro pop track called About You Now, uh-huh. which hit number one in the UK and was there for four weeks and is actually still their highest selling single to date. Crazy. So this album introduced a brighter, peppy sound for the group. Mm-hmm. And this song is also, I think, the most kind of bubblegum pop that Sugar Babes went to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember when they announced the release, 
I was super excited because it was Kath, it was written by Kathy Dennis, right. who had written Kylie's Can't Get You Out of My Head, Britney's Toxic, and also done with Dr. Luke, you know, who- Before he was gross. Yeah, before we knew all that other stuff about him. Um, all of it was very, this happy pop, which is just- very Not different on brand the other stuff yeah yeah um but i do need to shout out there's a song called never gonna dance again on this album mm-hmm. which is actually one of my favorite sugar babes songs yeah it was done by xenomania of course and it's actually been revealed that mutia had recorded it previously oh. and had her own verse and amel oh. amel rewrote her own verse for it but i would love to hear mutia's version Leak it. Leak it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah what do you think of about you now um, I didn't know what to think about it. When I first heard it, I was like, why the hell do I have iCarly on my on this playlist right now? So for people who don't really know this song, um, who aren't really fans, such as myself, fresh fans, um, if you know iCarly and Miranda Cosgrove doing About You Now and that lasso for Back Around, then you know this song. This yeah. is the Sugar Babes original track. Um, honestly, again, now that I'm aware where this album falls in their cycle uh mm-hmm. not exactly sugar babes you know it turns yeah. to sugar pop babes i don't know how i feel about it really it's okay it's cute though yeah. like i know the song because of miranda so i I'm, I'm kind of like predisposed to liking it but as a whole i'm not sure <laughs> yeah it's a catchy song it's yeah. a fun chorus mm-hmm. but yeah it was just it just didn't doesn't have the same energy that they used to have right um but good for them that it's still their highest selling single we love to see them winning but yeah. you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the other singles released from this album were change and denial mm-hmm. um also both just kind of very poppy songs <laughs> not much else to say honestly right yeah. right again sugar pop babes <laughs> The girls eventually went on tour, which is good for them. And then after the success of said tour, they started work on their sixth album, Catfights and Spotlights. And with this album, they were more inspired by Motown, Funk, and Soul. And although the album was not as commercially successful, um, the lead single Girls actually did really well. And yeah. so, I mean, it has some mix of the original um, track, Here Comes the Girls. So that's really fun as well. Um, I like the brassiness of it. Um, so the whole Motown sound was definitely there. The, the horns and whatnot. Yeah. What do you think about the album? Yeah, it's funny because I think Girls is actually my least favorite song on the album. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I love the Motown sound. So I was really excited that they kind of took that as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, and this time the harmonies were back. My favorite song on the album is called Sound of Goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful ballad. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think people honestly were just getting a little tired of pop music in general. This uh, is kind yeah. of the era when pop music was kind of dying yeah. a little bit and kind of this, the indie rock was kind of coming back. Yeah. And so I think they were struggling a little bit um, mm-hmm. to stay relevant at this point. Right. And so unfortunately, this album didn't do as well. They did release one more song from the album, No Can Do. <laughs> which Shan was very excited. I was not excited. I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, this album and the era of this album was cut short because it didn't do too well. Yeah. But 
listening back, I actually do like a lot of the tracks on it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, again, yeah. like I said, maybe because I am kind of fresh, I just feel like they were kind of adopting this more mainstream concept of what a girl group was, and they did not mm-hmm. keep that edginess. So even with the No Can Do video, I was like, L.I., like, you know, people, them being surrounded by people and kind of just, like, being sexy is okay, but, like, the half-naked men... <laughs> just did not click you know I agree yeah with Amel there they did adopt this very sexy image that mm-hmm. was not there at all I mean I think it was there when Mutia was there but it, it was it's different, different. Yeah. yeah yeah it wasn't as like Victoria's Secret right exactly basically as you were saying yeah they were trying to stay relevant mm-hmm. so the Sugar Babes then ended up signing with Jay-Z's Rock Nation label in April of 2009 and while at first this sounded like it'd be a really exciting thing, As it you know, does. it did, right. It did result, you know, in them working with really high profile musicians mm-hmm. such as Bruno Mars, Ryan Tedder, Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually didn't write any of the songs on the next album. Yeah. And the first single was a song called Get Sexy. <laughs> And this one, it did well in the charts, um, but musically is a far cry from the three-part harmonies and the personal lyrics that the group was originally formed on. Mm -hmm. Um, This song was co-written by Bruno Mars and includes an interpolation of Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy. I'm sorry. This song is like, uh... okay, so I first heard this song, like I said, watching a K-pop girl (laughs) dance to it. Uh So it's just like, shut up, watch me work. I mean, like, I guess they thought, okay, I know the sugar babes are sassy, they're edgy. I'll put shut up in here. No, no, it's embarrassing. It's totally embarrassing. I feel so bad for them. There's just no harmonies. It's just chanting and yelling and... That's the American style. Let's talk about sexy and have everyone sing at one point or another, but don't have them harmonize, even though they're a group. Pick your fave. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to them though. I, I'm curious, you know, whether they actually what they felt about this song at the time and whether they were happy with this because mm-hmm. I think it's very clear that they really did this. They kind of sold out, you know. Yeah. Whether it was their choice or the record label's choice, mm-hmm. they they were trying to stay relevant, you yeah. know. Yeah. And. I'll give it to them. I've seen a couple performances and they're giving it their all, you know, Keisha. Respect. Yeah. Keisha, you're still killing it, you know, (laughs) but crazy to go from freak like me. Yes. To this. this. That's what gets me. That song is inherently just dirty and freaky. The whole song is about, hey, can you keep up with me? Because I'm, you know, you got to be a roughneck brother that can satisfy. This one is just like, (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) Like a flash in the bar for people who can't see me. I'm flashing, yeah. but not really. You know, that's what this <laughs> is, a flash in the bar, as opposed to the girl watching the guy in the club. And it's just like, come here now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what kind of, I think, gets me. Because I think, was was Pussycat Dolls out this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that whole, like, you know, sexy short skirt, hiked up shirts, you know, overtly, I want you was the thing. And Yeah. It wasn't it, Ugh. but you know, it, it seems that um, not everyone was digging this kind of concept or whatever the case may be, but the group actually did not stay together um, again. 
In September 2009, after Amel seemed to disappear from a few promotional activities, it was reported that she had left the group. Keisha and Heidi were seen doing a lot of duo performances, um, but it seemed that with a lot of confusion in the group and also in the tabloids, it was actually revealed that Keisha was the one that was actually booted from the group. And mm. it's crazy because she was the original member, the last remaining original member. Um, the full story has yet to be revealed because probably because of legal reasons, but um, it is understood that when Amel left, Heidi said that she would follow, but management and the label told them that they would rather keep them and let Keisha go, mm. um, which I find to be typical of industry behavior. Um, the erasure of darker skinned black women in pop or just in music in general is kind of like the thing to do and no one really bats an eyelash and beyond her color she's in a she's an og what the heck how the heck do you get rid of a staple obviously there was some drama and miscommunication within the band um as a replacement the label found a young lady named jade who had been a contestant on eurovision brought her in and she actually re-recorded all of her vocals on the sweet album sweet seven album Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about Jade and this change? I mean, you've been a fan. Yeah. Well, so Keisha has always been my favorite member. Mm. And so I was very sad right. when this was all happening. I remember the confusion of it mm. among the fans. Everyone was, you could, no one knew what was going on. And right. there were so many like different news stories coming out that contradicted each other. Mm. Um, and they did emphasize the Keisha as a bully story. They wow. did. Um, they really painted her as a bad guy Mm -hmm. in the situation and Amel was the victim, you know, (sighs) and Amel, I believe she had some, a lot of issues at the time dealing with all the attention and the press that came Mm -hmm. from it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, there are two stories to everything. I think in the end, it was a good thing. Keisha has since said that at the end of the day, it was the right thing to happen. Right, right. Um, but yeah, oof, what a horrible situation. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Destiny's Child without like Michelle, or not even Michelle, about Kelly or without mm. Beyonce? Like that's literally what happened to this group. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Like, you know, but Destiny's Child is like, oh, they're losing members, but it didn't affect their sound as right. much as it affected these girls. Um, but soon thereafter, they released their first single with this new girl. And the song was called About a Girl. Yeah, so literally within 72 hours of, of Keisha being kicked out, they were flying to LA to film this video <laughs> to yeah. About a Girl. Um, which is a very typical Red One production. Yeah. Very catchy, mm-hmm. um, but faceless. And, yeah. you know, there's some harmonies in there, but yeah, it's just not the same, you know? And then they're actually, the version with Keisha has leaked along with a few of the other tracks from the album. Yes. And they <laughs> sound so good. Like Jade, mm-hmm. she has an amazing voice. Yes. Um, very technical and it has a really beautiful tone. Mm-hmm. Um. But, it, you know, it's just hard to replace your last original member. Right, right. Um, and she was really put in a weird position as well, you know, <laughs> yeah. to come in in the middle of an album cycle mm-hmm. in this group that has been around for almost 10 years at that point mm-hmm. um, and have to just immediately go to a video shoot. Yeah. 
right. and re-record an album that's done. <laughs> right. So I commend her for that. And, you know, like what I said before has nothing to do with her personally. I just think just professionally speaking, it's you got rid of an original member and you got rid of the member who was the dark-skinned Black woman who has this reputation of being a bully. Um, right. How do the fans feel about it? Do they... I don't think it was taken well. Um, I know I didn't take it well. I mean, here's the thing. The sound was already going downhill. So mm-hmm. maybe for Keisha, it was actually a good thing that she kind of bounced before this album came out because it did not do well commercially. The group completely lost their sound. Like yeah. I said earlier, they didn't write any of the songs on there. Yeah. They were all just done by these big name producers that Jay-Z found. They're probably all rejects, you know, from something else. It didn't <laughs> sound like anything was written specifically for, for the them. Showbiz. Yes. <laughs> so yeah I mean support dwindled in the general public yeah I mean there are some I guess highlights in the sense of like I'm not gonna call them the sugar babes in the sense of this new group <laughs> sugar um there are some okay. highlights <laughs> I said what I said um I actually do kind of like the cheekiness of where my kiss not as a sugar babes track not at mm. all but in the sense of like Sugar. Sugar had a good chance with Where My Where My Kiss. I like the the kind of like, I don't know, something about it is just I like cheekiness and it's very just like, oh yeah. yeah. And then Jade looked like a who? Like Cindy Lou Who in that video. <laughs> like it's very like a, it's not the greatest yes. song, but you know. Um, there is one song on the album mm-hmm. that was done by Ryan Tedder called Thank You for the Heartbreak, mm-hmm. which I actually do like that song. Of course, I prefer the version with Keisha on it. Um, but that one's actually like, okay, I was like, this could sit on like Change or or one of these last few Shuka Babes albums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they kind of just disappeared after that. I think, you know, they were dealing with a lot of stress probably from the drama. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the public was over it really. At that point, yeah. (laughs) They did take some time out and they actually signed a new record deal. Mm -hmm. Um, so they left Jay-Z yes, <laughs> and Island um, and they plan to start their next album and just move on from the messiness of that campaign. And so they did release a song called Freedom in September of 2011, mm-hmm. but there was very little interest yep. and the song ended up not even fully being commercially released, they ended up just putting it out as like a free download. (laughs) (laughs) Save your money, Um, y'all. Save your money. Here's an MP3. (laughs) Yeah, so this song is very generic. Um, That dubstep bridge. Oh, beyond the dubstep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And of course, guess what they did? They put some belting at the end as if it's going to fix anything. Again, no amount of belting is going to fix the zigzag na that is that bridge to be fair jade sounds great oh, during yeah. that note yeah but the yeah. <gasps> again <laughs> <laughs> yeah not doing yes it. yes but yeah. yeah even the video was just barely just really we're in the club we're dancing we're bicurious in the club <laughs> like and then you could see yeah. the gaga influence the shoulder blades so the shoulder mm-hmm. pads in the oh god it's just make it stop I think, you know what, it was time for the group mm-hmm. to end. Mm-hmm. It's too, it's, it was too much. The sound was gone. All the original members were gone. Yeah. Time to move on. While all of this is happening, some rumors started circulating that the original group members, the original lineup of the Sugar Babes, Keisha, Mutia, and Siobhan had actually reunited. 
And this was confirmed in the summer of 2012 when the mem- that the members had made up and they have signed a record deal with Polydor Records under the name Mutia Kisha Siobhan because they did not have the rights to the Sugar Babe's name. Mm-hmm. And after a lot of teasing, a couple of gigs, some leaks, including Lay Down in Swing Pools, mm-hmm. which was a reinterpretation of Kendrick Lamar's Swing Pools, um, they finally released their first proper single as the original lineup again. Yeah. And it was a song called Flatline, which was co-written by three members. And it's a euphoric summary track that features the group's signature three-part harmonies. The depth was back. Yes. <laughs> the emotion was back. But this time with the age and experience that they've had now, now that they're women. Right. Um, so yeah, this song received critical acclaim. But unfortunately, the interest from the general public wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think them not having the name didn't help either. Right. Um, yeah. And it didn't chart too well. But I think the song is amazing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah and I'm so mad it didn't do better for them um right. but it's great to have heard you know new material from them yes for sure like a little buzz single um so in January 2015 it, Keisha actually did start to apply for ownership of the Sugar Babes trademark and the process took such a long time literally almost like four years and uh but finally in August 2019 um it was revealed that the original lineup finally reclaimed their name Sugar Babes. And we're featured on a DJ Spoonie track uh, called Flowers, which I absolutely love. And it's a uh, UK garage um, album. And I have no other words except I love this song. It was really exciting to hear it after you showed me everything and told me mm-hmm. the story. And then I heard these like, I was like, oh, the angels are back together. <laughs> yes. Watching them perform together yeah. on TV under the name Sugar Babes yeah. and just the pure joy that was coming from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really exciting right. to, to see the three of them together again. And finally under the name, I think the legal process actually is still going. Um Okay. There's, you know, there's so many things with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least, you know, they are able to use the name, it, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was really a really exciting time as a fan. But that's actually the last official news that we've had on the group. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, all we've been hearing is that they're still together and recording, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been anything official revealed. So what is next for the Sugar Babes? So One Touch had its 20th anniversary in November of 2020. And before the pandemic, I believe there were plans of some sort to celebrate that, um, whether that be a tour or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately that didn't, nothing happened really. <laughs> but they've, as I've said earlier, they've, they've said they are still together and that mm-hmm. they are writing. Um, a lot of the album tracks and stuff from the last sessions a few years ago have leaked so as fans I'm great you know I'm we're very yeah. grateful to have that but you know as an artist that sucks to have your stuff leaked yeah. um so I'm excited for an actual official release of new right. music um but yeah you know it's just been a very big roller coaster to be a sugar babes fan yeah honestly I'm just glad that the three of them are back together mm-hmm. and everyone seems to be in a good place and Indeed. I'm sure yeah when things are ready I'm excited to hear it I agree. I agree. Um, it has been made mildly official that something is coming because 
the website for the Sugar Babes is now live and there's a mailing list, a new logo. So we're definitely going to get something, um, you know, soon, hopefully. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> soon seems to be the operative word here. Um, <laughs> yep. But I'm happy that this kind of uh, happened. I think, like you said, they had to kind of go through all of this to really find, or I guess, not find purpose, but just to kind of get themselves together because Siobhan left so early in the group. So it should be interesting to hear how she sounds with some of the Heidi tracks I actually do enjoy. Um, I know they're probably not going to touch anything that Amel was a part of, which is... (laughs) Yeah, well, when they toured a few years ago, they actually did do a lot of the songs that Heidi um, was in. They obviously only went up to like Ugly. Right, right, right. They didn't go past that. Um, So yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine get sexy as them right now? That'd be hilarious. No, <laughs> that should never happen. No, terrible. It's um, blasphemy. I would love to hear Imutia on About You Now, though. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. I don't see that happening because it sounds doesn't seem like a song she would like. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I love Heidi. Mm-hmm. She played such a pivotal role. But I have to say, hearing Siobhan sing like Stronger right. and to Lost in You and even like Freak Like Me. Yeah. She sounds really good. So yeah, she's an angel. Yeah. but nothing against them at all not nothing against Amel and Jade and Heidi but at this point in time let's just end it the way we started it yeah if you it'd be nice though in the future to kind of see if Heidi would be willing to kind of you know pop her head in it'd be kind of cute oh wow can you imagine (laughs) like four of them all six of them coming together oh that's wild <laughs> that's too much that's like the dreams for destiny's child for like yeah. latoya and latavia to come back with michelle also yes. and be this five-piece destiny's child that'd be interesting but yeah mm, i don't that I don't would know. work more than this though because like at least with that one they just all stand behind beyonce for the most part but this one it's like you know <laughs> oh. the blend just would not be there unfortunately. no not at all, not at all. <laughs> but it'd be, it you know i mean i see a picture of them together just to kind of be like you know no hard feelings uh mm. Even with the other girls, kind of just as a dinner, you know. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> but, you know, um, I wish the best for their careers. Um, they seem to be doing well. Um, no reports of anything tragic happening, which is great. Because sometimes you have groups that do end up in really bad, like the members end up in really bad situations. But everyone seems to be doing really well for themselves. And I mm-hmm. wish them all the best and, you know, good health and whatnot. Um, but class is officially over. That being said, make sure to leave us some comments and hit us up on our social media accounts at CCTV Pops on everything and let us know what you think about the Sugar Babes and who else you'd like to feature in this 101 series because we have a lot more lined up. So please give us a like, subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell. And don't forget to check out our Sugar Babes playlist on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music and all that good stuff. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Jan. And we are CCTV.